and welcome back to another episode of Lost It Down, episode 141. It is me talking to you, so you know that means it's a David and Wally episode today. We are in the middle of the dog days, David. It is not a lot of stuff going on right now, but I guess we should open off the show with happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers out there listening. I, I know my own very big supporter of the show been a huge blessing in my life so have to start to show like that but david it's been a week not a lot going on out there uh so i guess we might as well check in on you how are things going in this very mundane time of year for us uh pretty good um i gotta be honest though i i'm stealing off the rundown here because i know what you're gonna say about congratulating denver and the golden knights and i just need everyone to know that for the first time in my life, that's not true. For like the first time in probably 10-ish years, I did not watch a single second of the NBA Finals. <laughs> like not a single second. Not a, not a one. See, I didn't even really care either, and it sucked because I have friends that are from Denver, and I have a buddy that's a diehard Heat fan, so I should have cared, but it's kind of like you said – it was kind of probably a nightmare for the NBA because I just had no juice. Yeah, I, it like just not, didn't do no, anything for me. I didn't care who won because both teams I was like happy for if they won. Like there's not, you know, it's not like Golden State where I kind of really dislike certain people on that roster. It's not like, you know, LeBron's trying to get his sixth title. It's not, you know, there's just, there's no storyline there for me to care. No, and even, even in the NHL, you had very fun playoffs in the NBA and NHL, and they were wrapped up in a very kind of boring series. And I hate, that happens every now and then. I mean, when you have teams as dominant as Denver and the Golden Knights were in hockey, it's bound to happen occasionally. It just kind of takes a little bit of the fun because all of a sudden we have no basketball, we have no hockey, and we're kind of just stuck looking around. We're like, oh, I guess it's baseball season. Hence the hat. Henry Davis season. So the Pirates are about to be the best team in baseball yet again, David. I know you're a baseball diehard, so I had to share that with you. Whoa. What, what do you mean? We're just going to brush over baseball? Well, I mean, there's not much to brush over. It's uh, the middle of June. It's pouring rain right now, and they're not uh, – the Pirates are about to lose seven straight. That's all I have uh, as far as baseball goes. So you're not going to bring up that the Pirates did something – like productive for the first time ever. Yeah, I guess that's other th- than getting draft picks for trading great productive players. Yeah, well, that's that's. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, Henry Davis is up. He was a 2021 number one overall draft pick, and the Pirates notoriously do not bring up players until they can get all that control. So it always happens this time of year. If there's something about service days, and it counts for like the real calendar too. That these players, like, I don't understand it, but you watch the Reds bring up everybody that they've ever, like, ever had in their minor leagues this last week. And it took the Pirates going through the lowest of lows. They were 20 and 8. And here we are two months later. They're under 500. But now we brought up Henry Davis, so everything's fine. Wait, didn't uh, the Reds brought up, like, the next Babe Ruth, didn't they? Uh, yeah, you're, you're talking about good value O'Neill Cruz, Ellie De La Cruz. <laughs> I, it's Good just, value cruise, baby. Did you hear that, everyone? It's the value brand of O'Neill Cruise. Never forget. They're both six, 
six. They're both really fast, and then they both hit the ball really hard. So everybody's like, they're they're the same. O'Neill Cruz is going to be Aaron Judge good. So I do not want to hear it. Reds fans can celebrate right now. Are they related? Are like they like brothers or something? Like that's it's you know that's of, actually funny. I have no idea. It's kind of odd that two Cruises who are the same height would be both this good at baseball and coming up what one year apart from one another. Well, I just typed in, is Ellie De La Cruz related to O'Neill Cruz? So we're about to find out. No, they are not related. And it's even funnier because they are both from the Dominican Republic, if I'm correct. Either that or I'm, I'm that's kind of a racist thing to say, but I'm pretty sure they both work. Ellie De La Cruz is Dominican Republic. And... So is O'Neill Cruz. All right, well, there you go. See, I'm not racist. I'm totally just on top of what I'm, what I'm doing. Okay, come on, though. That's pretty wild that, like, they got to be cousins or something, man. I don't know. Maybe Cruz in, like, the Dominican Republic is, like, Smith. Like, it wouldn't be, but it wouldn't be weird if they weren't both fucking giants and also unbelievably godly at baseball. Yeah, and they both play shortstop, too, at yeah, that like height. That's, tell me that's not too much of a coincidence for them not to be related. I just, like, I that's hard for me to believe. You know how you read in books sometimes? It's like twins have like a weird telekinesis almost between each other and or like the the twins separated at birth and they've lived the exact same life and they didn't know it until they run into each other at 30 years old maybe that's ellie de la cruz and o'neill cruz i don't know pirates are down to nothing time to get sad just another day in pirate baseball pretty much pretty much but instead of nfl news this week because the only thing we'd be able to talk about is stefan diggs and Josh Allen and the Bills and whatever that dumpster fire is kind of resolved itself a little bit this week. So we're going to hold off on talking about that till closer to the season. So the three of us got together. We have a fun little game slash idea that we're going to do today instead. Sink or swim. You guys are familiar at home with buy or sell, things like that, whether it be around the horn, ESPN shows. It's a very similar thing. We have expectations and players with, I guess, higher ones or at least contentious expectations. So what we're going to do is we're going to name the player and name what they're going to do. And David and I are going to decide if this player is going to sink or if they are going to swim to the high rising water of these expectations. So this is going to be really easy because we're going to start with one that's really going to get us both going. It's a shame that Aaron Rodgers' number one fan, Stephen Weed's not here. But there you go, David. We're going to start with Aaron Rodgers, new quarterback of the Jets. We're going to set the expectations of 10-plus wins in a playoff game win. Will Aaron Rodgers sink or swim to those expectations? Sink. Oh, he, surprise. Sink. Surprise. David sink. has sink for Aaron Rodgers. Who would have saw that coming? But let's be honest with ourselves. He had the worst season of his career last season. Not that it was a bad season, but it was like, for Aaron Rodgers, it was a bad season. Outside of the two seasons he was hurt and didn't play the full season, he's never had that many interceptions, that low of yardage, like that low of touchdowns. He is, I mean, he had a career bad year. Maybe it was just ayahuasca. He's good now. I, I Okay, maybe, but like, you know, sure, he's he's got i mean he's got like packers light on the jets now so i guess that's fun and they've got a better defense and i i get 
you know, the Jets got significantly better with Aaron Rodgers, but they're still in a loaded division and in a loaded conference. He's going to have to play out of his mind to get home court, home field advantage. And if he doesn't, you're going through a gauntlet in the AFC. I, I just, does he win a playoff game? I think no, unless he has so home that's field where, advantage. So that's where he's sinking to you? It's like yeah, they'll, I they'll win 10, 10 games? Okay. I can see 10 wins with the Jets. I can. I can see a path for that. He's, like, I, I really can't. It's the playoff game win because if they don't win that division, I don't know how he's going to go to, like, the. I don't know how he's going to go to Airhead. I don't know how he's going to go to, like, some of these unbelievably difficult stadiums to play in in the playoffs and go win a game and beat teams that are equally good as him. At the, if, at the caliber of level he played last year. Let's put it that way. Well, okay. So last year, I feel like we learned a lot in that being in the AFC West. The AFC West was getting all kinds of hype. It's the greatest division of all time. All four teams were 9-10 win good teams. And all of a sudden, you have a very similar thing with the Jets in the AFC East. And what we found out last year is that when you have a division that good, someone is bound to disappoint. Someone is going to miss the mark. And I'm kind of with you. I'm going to say sink just because, yeah, the defense is loaded. We are getting a lot of hype around Makai Becton, so the offensive line might look really good. You're getting a lot of hype around the Garrett Wilson-Aaron Rodgers connection. But at the end of the day, the AFC East, I mean, all all those teams, they don't beat the Patriots. So that's the worst team in the division. They simply do not beat that team. The Bills, I'm sorry, I'm not going to throw dirt on them like half of the world seems to want to all of a sudden. And the Dolphins, when Tua wasn't concussed last year, they were one of the best teams in football. So I'm going to say sink. And I don't know if it's as much that I think Rodgers might be a little washed as it is, even if he was at his top level, this is the best division he's played in in his entire career, and they're going to fall short this year. Yeah, they're not going to get, you know, four easy wins off the schedule. Like, every single conference game is going to be a gauntlet. It's Nothing's easy in that conference. Well, and not only is it not easy, you're not playing all these dome games, too. I was going to say, you have the the Lions and and Vikings. It seems like he always goes there. He's now going to have to go to Foxborough. He's going to have to go. I mean, he's playing at the Meadowlands. He's going to have to go to Orchard Park. I guess Miami, we're not going to talk about weather there. But this is a different animal. And we saw him struggle in January in Lambeau. It's not going to be much different in the AFC East. No, it's not going to be different. And... Again, I say fuck Aaron Rodgers. Let's move on to the next one. Russell Wilson. 25-plus touchdowns, playoff appearance. Give it to me, Wally. This isn't sinking. It's sunk. Uh, It's similar to Aaron Rodgers. Mr. Unlimited has a loaded roster this year. You're going to have a future Hall of Fame coach coming in to help him. You have a loaded wide receiver room. And the way I kind of have thought about it, I wrote it down here, is that Russell Wilson is that faded t-shirt you can't help but love that has holes in it. You have pictures of it from back in the day. You were really in shape in college. 
you're like, wow, I remember that. Remember that one time we were at the bar, that girl came up to me and you have all these great memories, the Super Bowl, Oh, Legion of Boom era in Seattle. This is so great. All of a sudden, the holes and the pit stains. He's that paper-thin shirt that is so washed and so beyond repair. It doesn't matter if you have Sean Payton coming into the room. I, I, I just, I'm not going to buy in. So the people that keep going into that drawer and pull out the old T-shirt, it's time to go to Goodwill. It's time to put it away. Russell Wilson is done. This Broncos team is done. This is a Patrick Mahomes division. This is like a Justin Herbert division. The Chargers are disappointing, and they're still heads and tails above this Broncos team. It's done. Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited, it's over. Sink, sunk, gone. Like, gone. See ya. Um, I agree. But I'm not as ready to shoot the dead horse and take its life from it yet. Uh, I'm good for you. I'm at the point where I think the Broncos can be significantly better, but the the playoffs are still out of question for them. In my opinion, like I think that's a nine win team in the AFC right now. And again, I, I just feel like the AFC, like this is the most lopsided we've seen a conference in, in probably multiple decades is my guess, in my opinion. Like I just think that the path to the playoffs in the AFC is so difficult. It's full of world beaters. Yeah, it is. We're talking, there are four teams that I consider Super Bowl contenders and then there's probably another four teams that could beat those teams on any given Sunday pretty easily. And I don't consider those other four teams Super Bowl contenders because I don't think there's enough there to really like be confident in that take. But that doesn't mean they're not good enough to beat every team in the NFL any given Sunday. And that's just like the Broncos aren't even in that list of eight, and that's just the AFC. I... I just like I have a hard time figuring out Russell Wilson's path to the playoffs unless he plays, you know, at the caliber he was playing in what 2019 when he threw like 4,300 yards and 30 plus touchdowns and played out of his mind. That Russell Wilson is dead. Probably that's why I'm saying I just I think he can be good. I don't I think he can be better than last season for sure still, but I just don't see. I say sink because I don't see a path for the playoffs. Sink, sink, sunk. That's what I meant earlier. It's like the Grinch. But what I have for you, it, but like, what, what would it take? Seriously, what would it take to get Jared Stidham to replace Russell Wilson? Where do they have to be and when? I think a lot, man. I, see, I don't know. Let me let me roll through this schedule with you a little bit. We won't go through the whole thing, but we'll get going here. So, they start the year at home with the Raiders, who I understand they should be. On paper, they're better. They struggle with the Raiders. Let's just hypothetically say they lose that game. They beat the Commanders. They're going to lose to the Dolphins. They go to Chicago. If they find a way, because that is a very manageable start, minus that Dolphins game. If they start this season 1-3, and three, could we start to see it? Because that would be full-on panic, wouldn't you think? 
I don't I don't think you pull Russell Wilson. Think of all the ne- think of all the side effects the the that the front office has to deal with if they pull Russell before like I don't know a one in thirteen start <laughs> like like it would have to be horrific for them to pull Russell Wilson I think because he played like your middle of the league game manager last year he wasn't creating offense he was just like playing like a solid quarterback and. I don't even know if I'd put him at solid quarterback. Uh, by solid, I mean brutal. I mean middle of the league. I don't. I don't I know think, if he was there. That's my like. I just think he was. He was an atrocity. I don't think last he was year. worse than like the fifteenth or sixteenth best quarterback in the NFL last year. Like there's I a big drop. Put, off. There's a big drop off between that middle tier and then like everyone else. I bet and, if you look statistically, you'd be surprised at how low he was. I don't disagree with that take. I just. Last year felt like the Broncos weren't creating any offense. They weren't doing anything differently. They went into every game with the same game plan and lost. And I think that changes this year, but I still don't think Russell Wilson can get to the like 20, I think it was 2020, 2019 levels that were kind of like outside of the Super Bowl years, kind of like the peak of his career. Um, yeah, he had three. He had four straight. Yeah, he had four straight years between 2018 and 2021 of over a hundred passer rating. But like last year, worst completion percentage of his career, the fewest touchdowns of his career, second most interceptions, the worst passer rating. It's just I refuse to believe that that's all Nathaniel Hackett, and that's it's what not damage all Nathaniel control. Hackett. But I do think there's something like I do think Hackett was a big problem in that offense. Uh, I would ag- I would agree. I think that I if think you play that, calling, do you I think have that to Sean Payton is going to make them an eleven win team in the AFC? Absolutely not. Do I think that they go from what like what do they have five wins to like nine? Sure. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll move on now to our third person. But I'm just not. Uh, I'm going to be permanently low in the Broncos. That's just who I am now. Let's go a little closer to home for you, David. Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. We have 25 plus touchdowns in a playoff appearance for him. Your Cleveland Browns quarterback, does he sink or swim? Do you want my brain or do you want my heart? <laughs> let's work through it together. Let's work through it together. So let's start with your brain uh, and try to work through it. Brain says sink. And you don't know the brain says sink because. Logically, nothing goes right for the Browns. <laughs> Trust me, Logically, I know that sounds weird to say. Like the Browns being the Browns was way that was a big part of this, and I yeah, don't know if that's I, fair or not, but I it's the facts. It, it was a factor for me. Yeah, it's uh, I, the Browns being the Browns is like a huge factor in me saying sink. It is. Do I think twenty five t- touchdowns is doable? Absolutely. Do I think we're going to see pre-COVID Deshaun Watson, you know, go for 4,700 yards and 40 touchdowns? No. I, I'm a little nervous in my on the brain side of Deshaun Watson playing again like he did last year. And the year off of football totally ruined his NFL career. I'm real, like, I'm, 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 because that would be so Browns. 
that would just be so Browns to to. What what part of the season? Like, are you hammering a, a panic button for Deshaun Watson if he's still playing like this? Six games. I, I was thinking four six to six. Six games. I, I'll give I'll give him six games to show me. And if he it'd be different if if we go game one terrible, game two improvement, game three improvement, game four improvement, game five improvement. I'm in. I'm back in. But if we go just six games, like I saw six games last year, I'm out. Like I can't. I, I don't. I'll panic. I'll, you know, we we paid a guy two hundred thirty million dollars to suck, basically. Uh, Three so, division games in the first four, too. It's like I'm not worried. You gotta start shocked, on the though, gas. But I'm not hyper worried about division games in the AFC North because a lot of those are dog fights. They're not like high scoring, run up the. You know, the Bengals ones usually are because typically the Bengals and Browns usually have sucked in past years, and they both just run up the scores on each other's defenses, but historically maybe one matchup is a high scoring and the other one sits in like the high teens low 20s um so i'm not terribly worried about division matchups i think that actually benefits us a little more um i know that's a little weird to say but like you've got the tape on your division opponents you see them year in and year out twice a year like those are the games in starting the season i feel like with the three division teams with the how the offenses we expect, it's probably your best option too. Yeah. You're healthy on defense. Hopefully, you can take advantage of that whole Miles Garrett probably lined up a lot over Jonah Williams at a new position. Maybe you steal a win, especially in Cleveland, where you guys kind of own Cincinnati for the most part. Yeah, I, I like. I agree. I, I think it's the best bet. But again, panic button. Six weeks in, we don't see legit glimpses of old Deshaun and I'm I'm gonna have like anxiety attacks watching Browns football um so that's why I say sink because I just brain side can't handle it heart side I'm I'm all in on on the Browns I heart says yes like full season of like full offseason workouts full chemistry building full offensive practicing like not mid-season form for everyone else but you. Uh, I think he can get back, but again, I just like if if I'm putting anything on the table, betting on it, I'm going with my brain, and my brain says sink. To me, this is the most important season for the Cleveland Browns since before they moved. This is a major flex point to see. What, it's that whole why in the road. What direction are they going to choose to go? Because if Deshaun Watson is a little bit better or closer to his old self, you got to feel really good about this team not only being a contender in the AFC North, but a contender in the AFC. The only problem is if you have a bad Deshaun Watson, Kevin Stefanski's going to get fired. I don't know if it'd be possible that Andrew Barry would get fired in a poor season. I know you're in love with him. But, like, a lot can change. And one thing that I think is a possibility, and I'd love to hear what you think would happen, is I have swim, but it's kind of cheating because I think that the offense won't be the problem. What happens if the offense looks good and this team goes 9-8 and eight because the defense has another just major letdown all year? What do you do? Dude, I don't know. It's the biggest, 
it's the biggest like, fucking season Stefanski's yet. gonna get he's he's fired if he has missed the playoffs this year whether it's right. fair or not I, I i agree but he's like phenomenal for the team so like this is like everyone has to kind of be healthy for most of the season like everything kind of has to go right because we will browns the situation by firing the staff and it'll be the wrong move like I'd rather Marvin Lewis the shit out of Stefanski than, uh, you know, move on and move then on have and, like and, the redo and cycle everything through coaching. And I'm getting like, I'm gonna like, how's that gonna help Deshaun Watson? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it can't. So I'm going swim, but it's kind of a. I'm like you. At the end of the day. It's a lot like how we felt about the Bengals before that Super Bowl run. It's like, you have to show me you're not the old Cleveland Browns. And until that happens, I'm going to pick with history and and probably pick against them. Speaking of picking against history, the Chicago Bears have never really had a quarterback. Even guys like Jay Cutler, it just felt like they never lived up to that contract. Now the next guy we have here is Justin Fields. We have for him... He earns another season as a starter, breaks 3,000 passing yards, and shows up in the hunt in January with the Chicago Bears in that putrid NFC. Sink or swim? Incredibly tough call. Instinct says sink, but like, given last year and the improvements he made last year, it... I also want to say swim because the NFC is way easier. The conference just got slightly easier without Aaron Rodgers in the division. Um, I don't want to say super easy, but like between the the turnover with Minnesota and losing Aaron Rodgers, the only formidable team outside of the Bears and I guess a little Minnesota is the Lions. And that's a very winnable division for anyone in that group for whoever wants to step up and take it. Um, so Dude, there's nobody in the, even wild card. If you go beyond that, yeah, I, like like a wild card team can be like a nine win team in the NFC. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and and who knows? Maybe we're all wrong, and there's going to be like four 12 win teams, and, and they're all going to look like you know god tier football teams. But like, I mean, look what we thought of Seattle last year. At this time, yeah. we thought they were going to be a five win team, and instead. 12 months later, we're talking about them as a team that could surprise the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it could happen. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's why I'm not ruling it out. But I do think – I think I'm going to go against my instinct here, and I do say swim because I do think he makes improvements, especially with an improved roster. Do I think he's going to be some unbelievable quarterback by the end of the season? Like Jalen Hurts was just in a switch of a flip – or a flip of a switch. Wow. Just totally reversed that one. Uh, no, but could it be possible? Sure. I'm so happy that you did the dirty work for me. The Jalen Hurts comps from his teammates and former teammate of Jalen Hurts has me bought in hook, line, and sinker. I am looking for a reason to say swim, and I'm going with it. I think Luke Getze, as soon as he started catering the offense to help keep Justin Fields alive last year, you got to see how explosive he could be. You add in DJ Moore, you draft Darnell Wright and Roshan Johnson. It'll be interesting to see if he passes up Chubba Hubbard. But I love what they did this offseason. 
it feels like a very responsible offseason from Ryan Poles. I'm buying into this team. I think that they win seven or eight games. And who knows? I do think that maybe not to the level of Jalen Hurts last year, that massive jump, but there's a real-world scenario that this is a Bears team that goes over 500 in this conference with how bad it is. And if that happens, you might see the Chicago Bears in the playoffs next year. I think it's very possible. Give me swim. All right. Let's move on to something I'm more passionate about. <laughs> uh Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen relationship. Do they win the AFC connect for over a thousand yards again? You know, do AFC they... East, mind you. Yes, AFC East. Sorry. Uh no, it just I, I like that changes sink or swim for me yes, a lot. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's my bad. So do they rekindle that relationship and rekindle that connection this coming season? Yes. I'm gonna say swim. You trust the proven commodity every day of the week. I've brought up now two or three shows in a row how much it's bothered me, David, that last October we saw everybody in the world want to crown this Buffalo Bills team as the Super Bowl champs after housing everyone the first month of the year. We're eight months removed from that, and now people are all selling their Buffalo Bills stock? Not this guy. I won't do it. We're going to take the team that's proven now that they can win in this division, a tough division. They are going to have Von Miller back. They went out and got depth with Puna Ford and Leonard Floyd, guys that will not start. And those were guys that you wanted the Browns to bring in as like an immediate stuffer on the inside. Like This is a team that's going to be better. The secondary is actually healthy now. I They brought in Dalton Kincaid, who some draft gurus think might be one of the best players in the draft, period. Forget the position. Bills Mafia is not only going to win the East again, I think that there's a really real chance that they win the Super Bowl this year. The only two teams that I would bet against them is the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's, again, until you kind of prove it to me, I can't do it. But I'm saying swim. Orchard Park gets more home games this January. What do you have? I'd agree. I think swim. I think everything's being overplayed. I do think Stefan Diggs is a diva, but like, I mean, he's the only real receiver in that offense as of right this second. Uh, I, I, I have no doubt that Josh Allen will blindly throw 60 yard bombs to him. I, I just have no doubt that Josh Allen will hit him. Uh, will get him his targets. Um, I, think we saw them fade a little bit last year i wouldn't be shocked if that disappeared and they were just the same bills team we thought going into the beginning of the season which was a elite team on offense and defensive side of the ball um but i just i think it's all being i hope that that whole situation i think may be being hyper overhyped and i just think we gotta wait till we get to the season and everything will just be swept up under the rug I know exactly how I just argued this, David, but going off of what you just talked about with Stefan Diggs, too, I can't help myself, but look at their roster, though. If there's one spot of this team that just feels a little thin, it's got to be, yet again, the wide receiver position. So if Stefan Diggs did choose to do something with this, like, upsetness or whatever you want to say, 
this is a team that all of a sudden, who's Josh Allen throwing the ball to outside of Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid? You're looking at, oh, out, all right, how about this? Can you name me any of their other receivers? I know Gabe Davis, but so I'm going to help you with that. Well, but I was the only that, one I knew. What the hell is that? <laughs> here, here, I'll even be nice. I'll pretend I didn't say that. David, do you have any receivers you might know on the Bills outside of Stephon Diggs? Uh, Gabe Davis and... Oh, there it is. <laughs> Dude, don't they have somebody named, like, Hardy? I don't know. Isn't that, like, their kick returner or something for all I know? Deontay I Hardy. Know. Deontay Hardy is definitely one of their, their players. I think he's their punt returner, too, or something. That's the only reason I know that. Maybe he filled in for what's-his-face while they were hurt one game, but... I got nothing for Yeah, you. Naheem Hines was their punt return and kickoff return at the end of the year. You remember in that game, uh, the DeMar Hamlin game, that he was back in the stadium. He had two kick returns against, uh, I don't, the Patriots maybe? I think it was the Patriots towards the end of the year. But anyways, uh, no, the other receivers here for them. Trent Sherfield, Justin Shorter, Deontay Hardy, Khalil Shakir, which I'm sure a lot of people might remember a few times. But that, like, those so, are the only real names. There's no one here. The Hoban Archbishop Knights high school receiver roster? Got it. Yeah, pretty much. People outside at home, you, you're going to have to just kind of pick up on Archbishop context. Hoban Knights. I'm reversing everything I say today. Play That's the right, podcast we backwards. Love you it might make sense. That's true. <laughs> That's a very good point. But let us know what you guys think about this. We have other ones that we'd like to get to eventually. If you guys like this segment, let us know. We'll bring it back, and we can get some more going into the or regular season here, which is less than 100 days away, which is just unbelievable. But we want to remind you guys that Sink or Swim was brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more, especially if you are around our age where there's college graduations, engagements, weddings, baby pictures, you name it. Feels like they are happening every weekend. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check her out for yourself on abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y, or on our Instagram page at Sapphire. Again, abbyturnerphoto.com. David, you know what that means. You hear the sirens right now. We don't have Steven here, but that's all right. We're going to rapid fire between David and I right now, and we'll get going with Malik Cunningham. He's trying to follow in Julian Edelman's tracks and make the conversion from quarterback to wide receiver for the Patriots. Guy went undrafted as a quarterback. Can he do the Julian Edelman thing again, David? I don't think so. Look, and this is going to be a little biased, but like, Josh Cribbs and Julian Edelman are not on – they're on the same level but different positions, essentially. Both played quarterback in college. Both made transitions to wide receiver in the NFL. One was a one was a very good wide receiver, not a Hall of Fame one. The other one was a very good kick returner, probably will never make the Hall of Fame, but if they ever allowed him in, will. I I – I, I think they're anomalies. I If this guy successfully makes the transition, I'd be shocked. But, like, I'm not going to be surprised when we're six games or eight games in the season and we don't remember this guy's name. I, I tread water on the transition because there are 
elite athletes like Braxton Miller and Terrell Pryor, and I know that's an Ohio State shot, but like both were elite athletes who made the transition and only one of them had one season at wide receiver to really show for it and then fell off the face of the planet. I like I think people don't really understand how difficult transitioning an entire position group is. It's one thing to transition like from guard to tackle or something where your footwork slightly changes but like you're ultimately, you know, in the doing same, the same yeah, thing. you're ultimately doing the same thing, your footwork changes. Quarterback to wide receiver is like whole different world. Whole different world. It, it like I, I don't even know outside of like being able to read the field, I don't know what they do similarly outside of that. Like that is a whole new your footwork changes. Like your I mean you got to learn how to route run. You got to learn and at, not just learn how to do it, but learn how to do it at an NFL top 0.1% of all at, like all football player level. So like I just think that the players who have done it successfully, which again, the only ones I can think of are that sustained it are Josh Cribbs and Edelman. And outside of that, off the top of my head, Terrell Pryor had one successful season after doing it. And that's like all, those are like the only names that could come to my head who have had any kind of success doing it, which is why I think that this is, who knows? I mean, again, anything can happen. I just, I'm not going to be shocked. And when we forget this guy. He even said he's this. He's never even run a route before until he trained or worked out as a wide receiver for the Patriots. I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic and say at least this is one of those rare times that the player was willing to change positions and went out like that. Maybe it works out. Rooting for him and hope we don't forget his name by October. But sticking with the Patriots, their second-year cornerback, Jack Jones, was arrested on a firearms charge at the airport. He was a fourth-round pick last year. Had a pretty good rookie season. I just have one thing to tell you, David. I Stupidity is one thing, but I've always just been amazed. Of all the things that athletes get in trouble with, firearms has to be the stupidest thing for me, especially when you have that money. You have the people around you. I just And then on top of that, airport firearm arrest, it's like taking stupidity to a whole nother level. I'm I'm assuming that that idiot was flying private and thought that like you don't have to go through security if you go through a major airport and fly private, but you do. So like athletes are just fucking stupid. It's as simple as that. I got nothing else to say. Athletes are just so fucking stupid sometimes. On to somebody who's making less stupid decisions. Uh, Jonah Williams backing off his trade request and is just going to quote-unquote crush the right tackle transition, even though he hasn't played right tackle since his freshman year of college. This kind of goes back to like the position group change we were talking about earlier. I'm assuming that he's taking this stance because he realized there isn't a market for backup left tackles that get paid like starting left tackles. Uh, I Tough scenes. I, you know, I hope Miles gets a little more comfortable lining up on the left side of the line instead of the right because, I mean, I'm going to get real excited watching him start for the Bengals and watching Miles line up over him again. I will say this. The Bengals, they stuck to their guns uh, on this from the beginning saying we're not going to move him. It does sound like now he's happy to be there. If he is able to gracefully make the transition, you would probably have to argue this is 
the best of Bengals offensive line has been since back to, to Whitworth days and maybe even before that, it's just going to be a question now. Can Bengals offensive line actually stay healthy for a season, which we haven't seen in a long time? Last week, we talked about the Jaguars and potentially getting a new stadium. That means that they're going to have to renovate the new one in the meantime, and they're exploring Daytona Super Speedway as a temporary home during the stadium renovations to TIAA Stadium. They would have between 45 and 50,000 people likely. And the lease runs through 2029. David, Daytona, a, stoop, a super speedway for football. Does it make sense? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look up how far Daytona is from Jacksonville. It's literally across the state, isn't it? It's, I don't think it's across the state, but it's definitely on the Atlantic side if I'm mistaken. Yeah, it's mistaken. like on the exact opposite side. Like it's on the East Coast instead of the West Coast of Florida, if I recall. So I'm looking this up, and I, this is supposed to be rapid fire, so I apologize to everyone involved. Oh no! An I hour guess and I, a half drive from uh, from Jacksonville. I thought Jacksonville was in was where like Gainesville was. That's my bad. All right, so but an hour and a half. How many Jacksonville fans are driving an hour and a half on a Sunday to catch a football? How game? many Jacksonville fans are there to begin with? I don't know. They're the largest. That's like one of the largest metropolitan cities in the country by population. I think. Which, it's crazy to me. I feel like Jacksonville is just kind of like a sneaky big city. Yeah, like they're, uh, oh God, their metro population. It's like one and a half million, which like, you're never going to touch the big cities in the country. But if we're talking about like, just like your Cleveland style cities, Jacksonville's like. That's like three, yeah. well, Cleveland's got to be three or 400,000, right? Which is crazy to me. Yeah, because Milwaukee is like 800,000. Which is also crazy to me. Because yeah. that, that doesn't right. feel right. Like if you, like you, so I'd assume somewhere between those two amounts for both cities. Uh, but like one and a half million for Jacksonville is kind of crazy. And like one and a half people are traveling an hour and a half to view the Jaguars play at Daytona. Uh, I. I don't know. They got to do what they got to do. I mean, didn't uh, didn't Minnesota play at like the college stadium for while their stadium was being built? Yeah, but it wasn't an hour and a half away. That's true. That's very true. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the precedence is for that, right? Like, uh, there are teams like New Orleans that played in whole other states, like in the NBA, and that's how it. You know, we got a new football team. That's not going to happen. Uh, I don't know. Maybe people fly over for London and view the game in Daytona and also catch a NASCAR race. Who knows? Wow. Look at you bringing up London before me. I was going to say credit to me for not bringing <laughs> up that they will be in London in 2030. So I'm glad you said that. But I think that the swamp would have been so much better than Daytona. I mean, you'd imagine Gainesville is probably closer. closer to an hour away. It is. It's closer. Yeah. And plus, you have college kids that would be happy to go to a game. They don't go to Florida games when they suck. They can go to Jacksonville games now that they're getting a little better. But one thing, I mean, sticking to Daytona for a split second, do you remember about a decade ago at Bristol Speedway, I want to say that's what, Virginia, or I want maybe Tennessee. I think it's Tennessee, actually, come to think of it. But they had a Virginia Tech-Tennessee game, and it – looks great in pictures 
until you realize that these guys are going to have to squint to get a picture of the damn game. It makes no sense to me how far away they're going to have to be, why they would do this as a temporary home. Who does this serve except that. for Dayton? You're like a quarter mile from not that much. You're probably, that's why, that's you're why like it's probably 100,000 yards from the football field. Well, and Daytona holds 100,000 people. So they have already cut out a lot of the seating that they said would be too far away. But 50,000 people, first of all, not a lot. But if you're far away, Bristol, the Tennessee-Virginia Tech game, you were a mile off the field. Like if all 50,000 are, there's going to be no home field advantage either. Yeah, that's actually, I never even thought about that. That seems really dumb. I'd rather just, and I don't know about if game, Gainesville is the answer, but I'd rather play at a college stadium that can't fit more than 30,000 in it than play at a NASCAR Speedway if you take that into effect. I don't know if there is a right answer for Jacksonville where to play. You mentioned how big it is, though, so you'd imagine that there'd be some place that makes more sense in the city, but they don't. And now it just feels, especially given like the, the recent history of cities voting down, like paying for stadiums when they have an option, they're in London. They will be in London. They will be moved in seven years. You cannot convince me that they have another lease after. I will have to like make a bet on it down the line for us because I'll have to eat crow literally if they end up losing or end up staying at home. Excuse me. But the champions got their championship rings the other day. The Kansas City Chiefs, their third Super Bowl. The rings, David, what were your thoughts? I, I kind of like them. They're kind of, I don't want to say simple because the Super Bowl rings are all gaudy. But, like, for a Super Bowl ring, it's, like, simple, easy on the eyes. It's as simple as you could hope yeah, for. Yeah, and, like, I, I actually kind of like it. Like, I, if the you know Browns ever won a Super Bowl, I'd want it to look something like this, minus the three Super Bowl trophies because they haven't won one. But uh, well, hey, Wait, if you guys won one, imagine to me. Tell me about this. You got your, your square ring, right? In there, you got the Browns helmet. And in the Browns helmet, you have a Lombardi trophy. That's yeah, how I, I, I imagine. I mean, that it. sounds that sounds fine to me. I just like this. This is not as bad. Like the what, was it the Rams one that had like something that popped open and like had a whole nother like set of diamonds and, inside yeah. of it and so like I don't need like that's too much. It's just too much. Just make it simple. Make it expensive. I, I like what the Chiefs did with this one. Yeah, it, it's a simple and readable design. I know you said not to say simple, and you're probably right. But as far as Super Bowl rings, it is a simple ring. But jokes on Kansas City, when they have eight of these Super Bowls in the next ten years, the rings are going to look like shit. So I'm glad that my team doesn't win Super Bowls because we can have better <laughs> rings. But that will bring us to the end of another episode of Lost Down. Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Loss of Down. And make sure you retweet and follow us on Twitter at Down underscore Loss. Remember that this episode was brought to you by Abby Turner Creative. David... Another June week down. Any plans or parting words for the people? No plans. Just do you remember when rapid fire was supposed to be rapid fire and you didn't let me speak for like 45 seconds on each topic? Pepperidge Farms remembers. Well, see, I think the people at home have to just kind of understand now. David and I are talkers. <laughs> so when we're left to our own devices, 
rapid fire is anything but rapid. So it's like, you know, in like little towns, like in the middle of nowhere, the farms, you call like the fire department. It takes 30 minutes for them to get there. That's us. Might not even be a fire department because your just house burns down in the meantime. Yeah, they get there and they put out the ashes of your house. That's what we are. (laughs) We're putting out the ashes. Happy Father's Day once again to all the fathers out there. I'll be out next week. Gonna have a big 30th birthday. I'm already depressed about it. So I'm going to be out, probably hungover. So it's up to you two. Steven and David will hold it down. Three of us will be back together in July. With that said, I'll see you in a couple weeks. They'll see you next week. Henry Davis is the greatest baseball player of all time. Hot, spicy, taste. Take that to the bank, people. (laughs) Cayenne pepper.